You're listening to SpecScript. Today's episode, New Girl by Brittany Meyer. It's Jess. Hey y'all, it's Chris. Here is some SpecScript news and truth. First of all, sorry for taking so long to release this episode. I'm a busy little bee. Buzz buzz. What else is going on? Well, you've heard it before, but you can hear it again. On August 31st, we'll be at DuckFest at 5 p.m. at the Clinton Street Theater in Portland, Oregon for Duck Dynasty. Quack, quack. Problematic. It's written by Allison Dennis, and DuckFest is going to be great. Then on September 2nd, this is probably the show I'm most excited for about my whole life until the next show I'm really excited for. We're going to be at PAX West up in Seattle. So if you're a PAX West attendee, come to that. We're going to be on Labor Day at 2 p.m. in the Sasquatch Theater, where we will be reading an episode of Sonic the Hedgehog by Annika Sela and me. That's really exciting. I'm excited about the lineup. we got Spectrip faves like, of course, Shane and Andy, Jaron and Kat Buckley. And we also have some new people like beloved Portland artist Mike Bennett, who's also the Killer Tofu podcast, and the one I'm most excited for in the whole wide world. We got a musician who I'm a big fan of, and you should be too. We got Left at London. Yep, Left at London is going to be on the show. PAX West, September 2nd. Then on September 8th, back in Portland for our main show, Babs Gray from Lady to Lady and Britney's Graham is writing True Blood. That episode is going to be Mama Mia good. This is going to be some great wrestling before it too, so come to that one if you're in Portland, Oregon on September 8th. Then on September 15th, we're going to be at Rose City Comic Con in Portland. That's going to be big. We're going to be doing Doctor Who by Karina Lucas, and Riley Silverman will be playing the titular Doctor. We also got a great lineup on that, including Katie Pride of Books with Pictures, Hunter Donaldson of Space Cats, Peace Turtles, and some other people. So that's going to be fun. And then we got Specs of Seattle number two on September 19th. That's going to be back at the Blue Moon in, you guessed it, Seattle. So uh, keep your ears peeled for when I tell you what show that is. And then on September 20th, if you're in Flagstaff for the Big Pine Comedy Festival, we're going to be doing Empire, written by Crystal Adams from the OC. She played Misha Barton. And it's going to be an amazing, amazing episode. The lineup for that one is coming together, and it is so freaking cool. So that's a big news there. Uh, what else to tell you? The last thing to tell you is, hey, you still have time to apply to my festival that I'm producing with founder Shannon Hunt, the Ha Ha Harvest Comedy Festival. It's going to be real fun. We've got some amazing people. Specscript is going to be there. It takes place right after Thanksgiving on uh, November 29th, November 30th, and December 1st. You can apply, or you can just come, but you should apply, because you still can apply for just 20 bones. Lastly, thank you so much to our Patreon supporters, Allison Dennis and Juliet Milan. Y'all make my heart beat strong. Now, if you want to be shouted out or get early access and maybe some other perks coming in the future, or you just want to support the show because we need it, uh, go and become a patron on Patreon. I think that's all. All right, that's a lot of news, and thank you for your patience. Now, let's get a new episode of New Girl. All right, thank you. Love you. We can start SpecScript! All right. So, y'all beautiful people here in the crowd already know what's the deal with SpecScript, but hey, if you're a Jerry Seinfeld at home, here's the deal, baby. What's the deal with SpecScript? Um... (laughs) 
How can you write a show if you haven't seen the show? What's the show? How are you going to write a show if you haven't seen the show? Yeah, it's not even on TV. It's on a stage. I'm problematic now. Uh, anyway, um, so, hey, if you're asking what to do with Specstript, Specstript is a live podcast where a cool person writes an episode of a TV show they have never seen, and then... Also, cool people. Sometimes I said cooler people, but not anymore. Uh, in this case, slightly less cool people. Uh, <laughs> see, see, that's also a problem. Uh, you know what? I'm problematic. Well, sorry, I'm too edgy for it. <laughs> you almost fell off the edgy of the stage. I don't want to die at this age, but that would have been a good... Um, yeah, Weekend at Bernie's the show. Um, <laughs> all right, so, uh, yeah, so a bunch of cool people read it out loud, and today's episode is exciting. We are doing an episode of New Girl, written by Brittany Meyer. <laughs> Brittany Meyer from Chicago. That's my job now, I guess. <laughs> Toss salad and scramble, Chicago? <laughs> All right, anyway. Oh, you want my other one? My other one Give from me. Facebook? Yeah. A whole new girl. <laughs> hey, Don't Shane. you dare close your eyes. Shane, give us some Game of Thrones spoilers. Okay, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners at home, it won't matter. Yeah. Uh, who here wants a real Game of Thrones spoiler? Shane, don't. I don't a want to A legitimate lose. real Game of Thrones. Oh, my uh. God. Tyrion falls off a bridge and dies. <laughs> 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 yeah, he does what Chris almost did. <laughs> He's giving a rousing speech with the first ever Westerosi microphone cord. He's like, hey, I need a coin for this jukebox. And someone like flicks it to him. But like it, it falls out of his hands. He's like, oh, oh, no, no. Just right off the bridge. Um, if you like Game of Thrones, uh, but you don't like how long the episodes are and how bad the show is, uh, you should. Hot uh, take, but a correct take. Yeah, uh, you should listen to our Game of Thrones episode written by Natalie Holt. Because it's... Under 20 minutes. Uh, the throne talks. <laughs> yeah. That's all you need to know. That is also the only Specscript episode with a minute-long content warning. Uh, <laughs> find out why. Uh, all right. So y'all ready to start tonight's episode? You're a great crowd. I need to remind you this, but I'm going to do it just to check a box in my brain. Because this is recorded and because we love Britney, we're going to laugh and woot and holler like, uh, like we're, we're, we're infected by some excitement disease. Well, I mean, uh, like you've kind of been doing all night. Like, yeah. you guys have been great. But keep it up. Keep that energy level high. Yeah, your laughs will live forever in this podcast. So if you die, your family can listen to this podcast and be like, oh, is that, is that Mark? Uh who knows? Well, laugh right. like you just saw Peter Dinklage comically fall off a bridge. <laughs> all right, anyway, y'all ready to start? All right, let's bring that amazing cast on the stage. All right, um... So as our amazing people come on stage, actually, Brittany, you should come on stage for this, I forgot. Uh, we are going to have uh, all of our performers introduce themselves, say their names, the character or characters they're reading, and because it's Mother's Day, and this is a Mother's Day uh, tradition of Specstrip, who is your favorite mother in television? 
History? Yes. History. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, hi, my name is Chris Hotomy. I'm one of the hosts of the show. I am not in this episode. And my favorite mother in television is the commercials for Darren Aronofsky's mother that aired uh, in the summer of 2017 before the release of Darren Aronofsky's mother, a movie I like and no one else does. Uh, <laughs> A movie, oh, Darren Aronofsky liked it so much, and he talked about it so much that Jennifer Lawrence broke up with him. Uh, so, you know. <laughs> Who doesn't like a movie where the movie just sort of stares out at you into the crowd and goes, get it? <laughs> it's hey, about... get it? It's, it's a movie that's all metaphors where they eat a baby. Sorry, spoilers for Mother. All right, all right check out Mother if you want to not sleep. All right, so moving on. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Brittany Meyer. I wrote the episode. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, just real quick, if I'm going to say, I'm going to say my favorite is either, my favorite mom is either uh, Marge Simpson, who is so wonderful, uh, that or the uh, mother from the show The Dinosaurs, who is like a weaker version of Marge. And I love her. My name is Pam Benjamin. I'm from San Francisco. Uh, I own a thing called Mutiny Radio. Like us on Instagram, Mutiny Radio SF. My favorite mother is the mother of motherfucking dragons, Khaleesi, Daenerys Targaryen, Stormborn. Look, look it, if they were Game of Thrones fans, they'd be watching right now. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Hi, I'm Allison Dennis, uh, and uh, I think my favorite mother is Grendel's mom, the ultimate monster. <laughs> Yay. An oldie. Um, and who TV? are you reading? Uh, I, I'm reading uh, Carol. Mm -hmm. And Pam, who are you reading? I'm Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I was making sure Pam was done. Uh, <laughs> I'm Belinda Carroll, and I'm, I'm Coach. Yeah. And my favorite TV mom is Lucille Ball. Thank you. I'm uh, Jessica Chekorowski, and I'm reading Cece. And um, before I get to my favorite mom, um, did not consent to any uh, Game of Thrones uh, spoilers. <laughs> so he better not fall off a bridge. <laughs> uh, favorite mom is Linda Belcher. Thank you. Hi, my name's Sofia Vidal, and I am reading Jess. And my favorite TV mom, it's kind of hard because most of the shows in like the 80s and 90s, the mom was dead. So <laughs> right now, the only person for some reason that I can think of is Peggy Bundy. Yes! <laughs> I think pretty iconic. Uh, I'm Talon Bigelow. I am reading for Winston. And my favorite TV mom is Rainbow from Blackish. Uh, my name is Jenna Vesper. I'm reading for a Nick. And I'd say my favorite mother on TV would be the mom from um, Dirty Secrets, Volume 12. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a great porno on YouTube if you haven't, you porn if you haven't seen it. Hi, I'm Alexandra Jade. I'm reading for the uh, delivery guy. Sorry, my favorite mother uh, is Buffy's mom from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Big spoiler, she dies. 
What? It's one of the only episodes without, it is the only episode without any music in it, so you can get how fucking sad it is. Uh, and I'm Shane Hosey. I'll be reading the narration and stage direction. And uh, my favorite mother is Arya Stark. Oops! Oh, Oops. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> I never knew that my life would be dependent on Tyrion Lannister not falling off a bridge. Uh, not cool. I'm making them all up. They're all made up. Don't worry. You better hope so. I, uh, I sometimes call myself the, the Bill Maher of Portland comedy, and you're the Ricky Gervais of no, Portland comedy. Don't, don't put that evil on me. Good Lord. Just because I'm fat? Nice. <laughs> hey, did you know Ricky Gervais is an atheist? For real? I know. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> anyway, y'all ready to start? Spec script! All right. Today's episode, New Girl by Brittany Meyer. Bye-bye. Season two, episode four, very specific. Mother May I. Here we go. Interior, morning, the loft door. The doorbell rings. Jess quickly runs and answers it to see a delivery guy with flowers. Good morning. And what a beautiful book. Who are you? I'm Jess. I moved in about eight months ago. Don't worry, she's the new girl. Uh, okay. Frustrated, Jess takes the bouquet, assuming it's for, uh, for her close, uh, assuming it's for her, and closes the door on the delivery guy. She walks towards the kitchen and begins to read, read the card. Thank you for all you do to make us better, keep us going, and for being a great mother to all you encounter. Oh. Love, the team you just let down at state. What? She turns over the card and sees their four coach. Just another mean prank from his college football team. <laughs> she sighs, throws the card away, and puts the flowers in a vase for the apartment. In the background, the whole apartment is sitting in the dining room and trying to glue tissue paper on construction paper to look <laughs> like flowers. The guys are obviously failing at this because it's a, a chick thing. <laughs> I don't understand why we have to be the guinea pigs for your kindergarten class. We're men. We don't do kid things. <laughs> oh, really? Weird you say that, because all, you all have the same emotional capacity of children, and I'm constantly cleaning up after you, so actually, I think you're the perfect guinea pigs for this craft. And if you... Sorry? So if you don't want to do this Mother's Day craft practice for me, you can forget the next time you need someone to spell mm, restaurant for you. <laughs> also, don't be ridiculous. You're not guinea pigs. Real guinea pigs would eat the tissue paper. Uh, honestly, this is really cathartic. I can feel my stress transfer to the paper in each crinkle. Coach starts to slowly compress a piece of tissue paper into a tiny ball. Schmidt tries to discreetly remove tissue paper from the corner of his mouth. Just like every frustration, like every I can't, every incomplete pass, every your energy cost a state, just it melts right away, man. <laughs> Coach pauses when the paper has become too small for him to do anything else with and grabs five more pieces and repeats the process. Yeah, crafting can be great for repressed emotions. But remember, if you keep the paper a little fluffier, it'll look more like a flower, which is perfect for moms. My favorite flower is the vagina-looking ones. <laughs> C can you help me with one of those? You mean orchids? Oh, Jess. I believe they're called orgasms. 
I've never seen a vaginal one, though. <laughs> Wait, you're saying I have to give this to my mom? Well, that would be nice. It's a Mother's Day craft, after all. Yeah, I don't do mom things. And I, I don't just mean, like, doing old chicks. I mean, I don't talk to my mom. What? You don't talk to your own mother? Nope. The woman who raised you, who birthed you, who put up with your attitude and coddled you when you were surely being bullied by more attractive and successful kids than you long before I took that job? Nope. <laughs> well, that certainly explains your lack of respect for me and why you're so rude to waitresses. Yep, it's all because of the soul-sucking she-devil who raised me. Whoa, no. It's not anyone's fault that you're a jerk. Uh, according to Sigmund Freud, she not only made me this way, but she also wants to have sex with her dad. That's my grandpa. It's just sick. <laughs> so you hate her for hypothetically wanting to have sex with your grandpa under the Electra complex when you don't think you want to kill your dad and have sex with your mom based on the Oedipal complex? I'd love an edible. <laughs> edible. Uh, hey, I'd love an edible too, please. Oh, hands down. This is listening time. Winston, you can't hit your mom and you absolutely cannot blame her for all your problems. Why not? Because, because moms do it all. They do the thankless work. They carry the invisible burden of emotional labor. They keep track of everything for the family because fathers are useless. <laughs> they garden. You can't hate moms. Oh, well watch this. Winston takes out a marker and begins writing on the construction paper. Dear mom, happy Mother's Day. You don't deserve it. <gasps> and you are the root of all my problems. But I am obligated by my new girl roommate to say <laughs> that to you. Here's some dollar store tissue paper glued on here to emphasize the sincerity of this letter. Talk to you again next time I'm obligated to your son, Winston Bishop. It feels a little formal when you put your last name. Jess is glaring at Winston. That is the meanest, cruelest, and most atrocious thing I've seen you do here since I've moved to the, into this apartment. And that includes the time you mockingly cleaned the bathroom with hand soap. Cut to flashback. A note on the bathroom door to Jess. Clean the bathroom like you asked. I had to improvise because I couldn't find any of the cleaning supplies you specified. But this should do. Jess looks confused and goes to grab the handle, but her hand slips off. She's more confused. Opening the door with both hands immediately slips and she steps inside. A wide shot of the entire bathroom covered in viscous liquid and a giant empty bottle of hand soap by Jess's head on the floor. Close up on Jess's face and the hand soap. One day, we will laugh about this. Flashback over. <laughs> oh, you think writing this is the meanest thing I've ever done? Yes. To be fair, you haven't known him that long. I've seen this guy openly rate women and dogs as we've walked in the street together. Let me top both of those things. Jess, why don't you accompany me while I hand-deliver this letter to my mom on Mother's Day? You have to be joking. If we know anything about Winston, it's that he's most likely not joking, and he would probably do something much worse if you ask him that. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, about right. That's about right. You know what, Winston? I do want to meet this woman. This woman that you think is so awful that you feel compelled to hurt so much on a sacred holiday. The, pulse, the poor soul that had to put up with you for more years than I could imagine. Yes, let's go. Winston gets up and leaves the table. The guys and Jess sit at the table, dumbfounded. Is she that bad? Like, is she awful? Am I wrong? 
Did I make a big mistake? Is she going to assume we're dating if we show up together? I, actually, we've never heard Winston talk about her before. Yeah, Winston talks about sports, movies, TV shows, girls, cool sports bars, cool sports bras, specific basketball players, but never mentioned his mom before. No. Mm-hmm. Cece enters the apartment and walks over to the craft table. Hello, boys. New girl. <laughs> My name is still Jess. You'll get a name once we bond properly. <laughs> hey, hey Cece, I was just thinking, maybe we should do something special for Mother's Day. Put some good energy into the world, you know? Hey, that's actually a really nice idea, Schmidt. Yeah, I don't entirely hate that all, that, that like all of you other ideas, yeah. Oh, my shitty, my Schmitty is so thoughtful despite him agreeing to live with another woman over me against my wishes. I told you, Cease, the new girl is harmless. My name is Jess. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll gladly move in with you when you're ready. Uh, I'm not done with the part of my life when I live with my boys. And a girl. My name is Jess. But also, I have an idea. While I'm visiting Winston's mom, you should all call your moms and do some sort of Mother's Day thing for them. Moms love that. And you can tell them that your new girl roommate encouraged it. The guys all look at each other nervously. By the end of the weekend, all of you will be happy and have healthy relationships with your mothers, no matter what it takes. Jess smiles smugly. (laughs) Interior, loft, it's Sunday, Mother's Day. Schmidt is cooking breakfast and sending pics to his mom as a makeshift breakfast in bed. There's a hilarious moment where he accidentally sends her a sexy picture he was saving for Cece. Trying to think quick... Oh, you're going to like this one. Trying to think quick, he says, Thanks again for the rockin' bod. (laughs) Satisfied with his quick repair. Coach is on the phone with a flower company who messed up the order to his mom. He's very angry and making up all sorts of sports metaphors like how they're going to blow the big game for him. Nick is all dressed up with his paper flower card, checking himself out before he heads to meet with his mom for brunch. Jess is in the dining room comparing dresses to wear for the trip. Nick turns to Jess. Hey Jess, what do you think of this outfit? Where did you get those pants? I'm not sure. How are you not sure? You own like four pairs of pants. I only inherit pants. Guys don't buy pants. (laughs) Guys buy pants. Oh, I don't have time. You look fine. Now, I'm not sure which dress to go with. This one says, I teach kindergarten, but I also know what's best for your son and we're definitely not dating. However, this one also says, I've only been a good influence in your son's life. I'm an introverted at times and we can definitely are not dating. How can two completely different dresses be so perfect? Winston appears with a small bag, aviator sunglasses, and several CDs. He grabs the car on the table and looks at Jess. Ready? We need to leave soon if we're going to make it before Breaking Bad. I don't want this little trip to ruin my whole weekend. Are you hungover? Yes. I wanted to make sure this trip would be unbearable for you, too. How does your hangover make things worse for me? Because when I'm hungover, I can only listen to 303, and I feel more compelled to say bad things about movies starring animals, which I know are your favorite. If that's what it takes for you to grow up and realize how bad of an idea it would be to give a card like that to your mom, so be it. Cool. 
Also, I need to get beef jerky. If the car doesn't smell like my meat burps, by the time we get there, I haven't done my part. Winston adjusts his sunglasses and walks out the front door. Jess walks over to the pancakes that Schmidt made and screams into them. She collects herself and turns to Schmidt. Your mom would have loved these. I'm proud. Jess grabs both the dresses and turns back to the door. Please do the dishes before I'm back. If not, I guess I'll just ask you two more times per our three reminder rule that we all agreed to. Jess walks out the door. Hey Schmidt, does this outfit look okay? I don't know, why? Because I want to impress my mom and I also, I want to impress Jess. I want her to think that we're doing good. I want her to be proud of what I'm doing to get my life together. Are you saying you have an edible complex for Jess? No, no, I mean she's great and fun and smart and buys candles, but we live together and she collects way too many scars for me to, be, to seriously consider her for the role of girlfriend. But being fun, smart and buys candles is something a mom does and maybe we should show Jess that we appreciate her. Actually, I agree. Let's do something nice this Mother's Day for Jess. I am also in. As long as you don't tell Cece that we did something nice for Jess and not for her. <laughs> Let's give Jess a Mother's Day she'll never forget. Speaking of, I wonder how that trip is going. Cut away. Interior. Car. 303 is blasting. Winston is nodding along and eating beef sticks. <laughs> Jess is obviously uncomfortable and disgusted with every facet of him. She tries to shift her legs to cross them, but she accidentally touches a bunch of clothes and protein shake bottles littering the floor. Hey, don't touch my stuff. I got it all where I want it. You know, Winston, I'm actually very excited to go to your mom, your home and meet your mom. I really hope it's, you know, it'll make some sense of all this terrible behavior and bad habits you can't help have every second of your sad, gross, and overcompensatory life. Overcompensatory? That's a big word for a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> No, that's a big word for a kindergartner. A kindergarten teacher has gone to college and also takes care of four incompetent men on her free time. You're talking too much. Just let me enjoy my music and meet. Actually, I was thinking this would be a good time for us to unpack your problems with your mom. Winston turns up the music. We can barely hear Jess. I'm sure she's actually a very nice person. It's a shame that you don't want to work out whatever your problem is. Winston turns up the music even more. Oh, you can't hear me. Okay, well, I'll tell you all about all the hard times I work through with my mom. Cut back, interior, loft. There's a, here there's a funny montage of what guys think cleaning is. Blowing dust off a table, putting things under cushions. Schmidt uses a piece of Swiss cheese to clean the sink because it kind of looks like a sponge. Somehow, they have a food fight with deli meat. It gets worse, then it gets better. The guys high five and watch sports. Oh, hey, Nick, did you call your mom yet? Oh, no. I was supposed to meet her at brunch three hours ago. Nick no. quickly runs off. Now that's what I call an edible complex. Is there a laugh track? <laughs> Interior, cutaway, interior car. They make an abrupt stop on a neighborhood street. The houses are humble, bustling actions happening around with families, families on walks, kids playing on the sidewalks, tulips in bloom. The car turns off. Jess is thrown forward and caught by her seatbelt. Shut up. We're here. This is it? This is your childhood home? We're here? Why does it look so wholesome and nice? 
I figured you'd come from some sort of mansion where you were raised by maids, or, or the exact opposite, where you were raised by a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm not sure where you'd get the name Winston, but either of those situations makes sense. Speak as little as possible. I want to make this quick. Quick? But this is a process. This will take time. I can't repair this relationship in minutes with saying as little as possible. I'll probably need to say a lot and facilitate growth and conversation. Winston is out of the car and almost at the door. Jess frantically chases after him. Winston approaches the door, takes a final bite of beef jerky, and knocks. All right, this is it. I get to meet this she-devil. You keep talking about this soul-sucker that made you a pain in the butt to every other human in your life. A middle-aged woman answers the door. She's excited by the presence of Winston. Winston! My word, I had no idea you would be coming by today. What a beautiful surprise. And my, my, who is this adorable lady with you? Jess goes to introduce herself. Winston cuts her off. She's a new girl, don't mind her. (laughs) Dad here? Winston pushes past her to go to the living room, trying to scope out changes to the home, and begins eating the pistachios in the living room table. Oh no, he's not... You know, he likes to be alone today. Jess looks confused that his dad prefers to abandon his mother on Mother's Day, but also makes sense, because Winston is an asshole. It's fine, I'll make this quick. Winston reaches into his back pocket. Jess, looking very concerned that this kind woman is about to receive a nasty card Winston wrote, speaks up. Uh, Actually, Winston, maybe this would be a great time to talk and discuss some feelings and past traumas that you might be holding on to that would affect your feelings and thoughts right now. The back door unlocked. Winston, that's no question for your mother. Uh, it, it should be. I was just hanging laundry earlier today. Great, be back in a minute. Winston begins walking through the kitchen to the back door. Jess excuses herself from Carol to follow him. Winston Bishop, do you have any idea how rude you're being to your mom? Like, even outside of that awful card, you're just so inconsiderate. I know five-year-olds who are still in diapers that have better manners. Winston is outside. Jess is following him across the yard while she berates him. Just seriously, you could be a case study for the Cotillion School. I could probably get you a scholarship based on this interaction alone. Hello? Where are we going? We need to talk to your mom inside and get some closure. Carol isn't my mom. She's my stepmom. Which is still weird, because I bet she also wants to have sex with my grandpa, but that's inconclusive. (laughs) Wait, what? That woman isn't your mom? She married my dad eight years ago. She's not my mom. They get across the yard where they reach a large old tire swing with a large old tree with a tire swing. On the opposite side of the tree from the house, not visible to anyone who isn't looking for it, there's a little patch of dandelions and a rock that looks vaguely like a tombstone. Winston kneels down, touches the rock, which reveals some scratches where it looks like someone tried to put in an inscription. Oh. My. God. You killed your mom. No! (laughs) I didn't kill her. She left us. Okay, she left us when I was only seven. My dad was frustrated with her addiction problems. It didn't matter that he moved us to this wholesome neighborhood, that he told her all the time she needed to get better, that he wanted to help, because at the end of the day, she didn't want it. Finally, she realized she couldn't have both a family and her addiction, and it drove her out of the house. She ran away. She picked drugs over us, over me, and everyone in this neighborhood knew it. So when we... Filed the missing person report. My dad told them in confidence her issue with heroin. The cops said it would be easier if we imagined that she wouldn't come back. So I did. She died to me that day, and I made this tombstone to commemorate the occasion. And with that, 
Winston pulls out his card, and he reads it out loud. Dear Mom, Happy Mother's Day. You don't deserve it, and you are the root of all my problems. But I am obligated by my new girl roommate to say that to you. Here's some dollar store tissue paper glued on here to emphasize the sincerity of this letter. Talk to you again next time I'm obligated to your son, Winston Bishop. Winston sets the card under the rock tombstone and puts on his aviators for a moment of silence. Winston, I'm so sorry. I would never have asked you to do this if I knew, if you told me. If I told you? If I, if I told you she was a soul sucker, a she-devil, that she deserved a card like this? I just thought that's how you joked, like when you called me Portland's wannabe Annie Hall. <laughs> Jess feels like she made a huge mistake and realizes all of Winston's pain and frustration comes from a fear of abandonment, that he was actually never coddled, that he had been hurt many times over, and that he's never had a mother figure like her. Winston? What? Want to get some ice cream for the trip back? Can we get a beer instead? I want to do something a little more wholesome for you. Winston wipes away a tear from under his sunglasses. Fine. Then you're buying. Winston starts walking toward the back door. Jess catches up with him for a surpri and surprise hugs him from behind. He stops in his tracks. They pause for a few moments as he lets her hold him. Carol, looking out the window, sees Jess embracing Winston and smiles knowingly. Are you finished? Actually, I've just begun. She continues to hold him, but Winston notices Carol watching them from the window. He shrugs Jess off. Let's go. We gotta leave now to get home before breaking bed. They walk to the back door, and Carol greets them again. Oh, you two are just too cute for this gorgeous Sunday in May. I'll see you on the next turkey holiday, Carol. Winston walks to the front door, sunglasses on. I know we didn't get a chance to talk, but you seem wonderful. Your home is lovely. The pistachios are the best nut for fun snacking, and this, I think your top is delightful. Winston is at the front door. He stops and turns to Carol. The... Pistachios were very good, Carol. <laughs> Carol looks overwhelmed with emotion. She grabs Jess's hand. Oh, it was wonderful to meet you. Jess and Carol smile at each other. Winston walks out to the car. Jess gets in after him. He pauses before starting it. I still feel hungover. Can we just listen to 303 in silence this time? You got it, Winston. Interior, loft, night. Winston and Jess arrive back in the apartment. The guys are there waiting for them with a bouquet of flowers, breakfast on a tray, and a large collection of stock photography and framed photos. <laughs> Jess walks in the front door. The guys yell, surprise! And then immediately begin debating if it was appropriate to yell surprise when it is not in fact a surprise party, but actually a surprise event slash gift. Jess looks very confused, but excited. What is all this? We did a lot of thinking, Jess. And while our moms did raise us to be the men we are, we got to thank you for the men we're becoming. Because in a way, you're kind of our mom. <laughs> yeah, we want to do something nice for you. We made you breakfast for dinner. We got you a bouquet that was on sale. And we got you some framed photos with stock images of kids that mom would probably want to have. And to top it all off, we also did all the dishes, not just the ones we made. But didn't you guys make all of them? Yeah, but we also did them after you asked us only once. 
which is pretty generous considering the three warnings rule. <laughs> oh, you guys. I'm just happy to know you appreciate me and that it's actually possible to have you do dishes after only one time of being asked once. This was more of a one-time special event thing. Yeah, we made you the best card we could. They had Jess a card covered in tissue paper. Aw, you tried to make an uh, orchid? To be safe, I just made a vagina. <laughs> it's beautiful, like all vaginas. I think I'll hang it on the fridge, Schmidt. Thank you. She hugs the guys, except for Winston, who walks over to the TV and turns on Breaking Bad without saying anything. <laughs> I really appreciate all of this, but I gotta say, Winston's silence might be the greatest, greatest gift of all. Winston turns up the TV. Jess pretends not to be bothered, and she hugs the guys one last time. Blackout! Roll credits, baby! <laughs> this has been Specscript! New Girl! Girl! Written by Brittany Meyer! Brittany, 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 Brittany. Uh, that was the most wholesome episode of Specscript ever. Uh, um, yeah, usually like people are farting and dying and stuff. <laughs> yeah, usually our writers who have taken up until 2 a.m. the day of the show, uh, just like, I don't know how to end it. And then they all have their heads fall off. Yeah, usually the, usually the writers have a more antagonistic relationship <laughs> with the show they're writing. Yeah, uh, uh, everybody, uh, this has been Spectrum. Give it up for everything and everyone. We got Pam Benjamin, Allison Dennis, Belinda Carroll, Jessica Chekorowski, Sophia Vidal, Talon Bigelow, Jenna Vesper, Alexandra Jade. That has been Shane Hosey. That's been Chris Hotomy. Give it up once again for your writer, Brittany Meyer. Give it up for Kelly's Olympian. We got Ryan, we got Jesse, my parents. Give it up for all moms and dads and sons and daughters and bitches and lovers. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know the lyrics. <laughs> um, you should be ashamed. Yeah, ah, you should be ashamed. Oh. Um, so, Specscript is Just a... Just do your stupid joke and let's go. <laughs> I'm, I got, podcast? We, you can listen to us on podcast platforms. There are a lot of great episodes that have featured a lot of these great people. Uh, and some of them haven't, because some of these people were the first time here. But anyway, you can, like, hey, you hear them talking about Game of Thrones? You watch that Game of Thrones episode. Uh, listen to it, I mean. Listen to Shane's Breaking Bad episode, uh, which is pretty good. It's really good. <laughs> Edit and delete. Um, yeah, and then, you know, please... You know, like and review us on all the social media platforms. You know the drill, but especially iTunes and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Patreon and Stitcher and Spotify Premium. Um, thank you so much. Maybe. No, not there yet. Uh, the fans demand too much. Uh, maybe we're going to go to Wisconsin. Maybe we're going to go to Santa Cruz. We're going to go to Eugene. We're going to go to Olympia. We're going to go to New Hampshire. We're going to go to Ohio. And we're going to go all the way to Washington, D.C. Peace out. Have a good one. Go drink. And thank you. Thank you for listening to SpecScript. Come to our next live episodes. August 31st, Duckfest. September 8th, True Blood by Babs Gray. Blah, my sexy vampire.